When my parents moved from Manor Park, East London, to Chigwell, Essex, in 1987, I discovered for the first time a place where I could walk in a straight line without my senses being disturbed. No more would sleeping bikes on the pavement, sirens, car beeps, soulless buildings with sharp edges, or the haunted, hollow sounds of the inner city disturb me. Chigwell did not move incessantly like Manor Park. Little to hear. Clear air. Country smells. Even when a violent wind blew, you didn't feel as if a blunt knife was scraping every inch of your face. It was quiet, peaceful, but sterile. A place for older folks, not young people. There was no colour. I missed the rattling chime of kids playing out in the streets, the aroma of creamed coconut and cumin wafting out of houses. I missed the warmth of the neighbours, a neighbourhood that didn't necessarily understand me but was familiar enough with my culture, my cultural presence, to embrace me. In Chigwell, I felt like a stranger in a recognisable land. I quickly decided that I wanted to continue going to my school in East Ham, situated between Barking and Plasto, not too far from West Ham Football Club. I didn't mind the journey. Nearly a mile-long walk to the nearest bus stop, a 20-minute bus ride to Ilford, a 10-minute bus ride to Barking, and then a 10-minute walk to school. I needed familiarity more than I needed extra sleep, more than I needed light on the way home during winter. Two weeks into the first term of school, I was in the fourth year, year 10 at the time. I was strolling home via Manford Way, the main stretch between my house and my nearest bus stop. Manford Way offered little in the way of engagement, an unwelcoming pub, a health centre, a large primary school, a rarely occupied park and a mix of multicoloured flat roof houses, their gardens backing onto the street, protected by five feet high brick walls and bland semis with driveways and sloping patches of green space separating the houses from the pavement. The stretch was about as colourful as a damp paving stone. As I wandered down the street, I encountered an older white woman walking 15 yards or so ahead of me. She wore a grey or beige overcoat. Can't quite remember the colour, but the coat was light in tone and stiff, like rigor mortis had set in. She had a complete head of grey hair, and while not exactly frail, she shuffled awkwardly like someone trying to overtake a parent with a double buggy down a narrow path. I attributed the stammering nature of her walk to age. I felt her turn to gaze at me, but our eyes didn't meet. She looked again. Felt it, but I was in a daze often was during this stretch. I was probably thinking about Eric B. and Rakim's I Know You Got Soul, a no-look Magic Johnson pass, a Sugar Ray Leonard bolo punch, or why my parents had moved to the sticks. I understood why. They had been in Manor Park since 68. Manor Park had provided affordable housing, a Caribbean community, and a willing seller to a black family. Footnote. To capitalise or not to capitalise, that is the question. I capitalise black throughout the book to acknowledge its importance 
as a political term, meaning people who suffer racial discrimination based on the color of their skin. Black is how I self-identify, the term I remain most comfortable with, but I also appreciate the limitations associated with capitalizing black and the use of this term to define people of African and Caribbean heritage. My use of capitals and this term is not to denigrate other expressions, such as minoritized racial people, people of color, people minoritized due to race, global majority people, etc. End of footnote.